0: Our number two to get right with Reggie KG on your home of the Cowboys and World Series champion Texas Rangers 105. Three of the fan, Kevin Gray, Reginald Atula What up, though? Ross Labinsky holding it down for you here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app, the truckrate.com text line 877-811-053, 877-811-053 if you want to get in on the conversation. Coming up here in just a moment via the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. ESPN's Tim McMahon going to be joining us, talking a little Mavericks and NBA basketball here. Appreciate you joining us, however and wherever you may be listening to us on this Tuesday night on Election Day. No NBA action tonight uh, because it is uh, Election Day. That's right. Now, of course, you can't really do much about that
2: if you didn't already because polls close at 7, Correct. at least in the great state of Texas. So um, there's always next next election. Um, uh, obviously, I'd encourage you to go. You know, learn what's happening. Get yourself, uh, get yourself out there and vote if you if you can. Um, but going backwards a little bit, remember we were talking about Ryan Tannehill and you was out here doing that. Uh, Bill Polian, someone on the text line. I don't line,
0: appreciate. Which you mean,
2: I wasn't the one to say it. You was the one saying the things. Wow. Um, and on the truckwreck.com text line from the two one four, they did ask a very important question, which is, uh, Lamar
0: Jackson still got you blocked, don't he? Very much so. Mm, very blocked. I am sensing a theme.
1: That's very, all. I, that's all
2: I wanted
0: to say. Very blocked um someone who is not banned or blocked that's right these days been, unbannable that's right you can find him on twitter at espn underscore mcmahon host of the hit show howdy partners part of the hoop collective he is banned mcmahon no longer tim mcmahon joining us here on the get right tim what's going on howdy partners how you doing
1: i i've been blocked by a few um, I believe I might still be blocked by one of your colleagues, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, wow. Ooh. Okay. All, All, right. Right. All right. I'm not, right. not going to make it spicy,
0: but, but I, I want to know. to say, I am am are we going to make it messy or not? Are we going to make it messy or not? Uh, no,
1: I'm, I'm just saying, just saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> who's, your no, who's got you? Who's your number one block? Like, who's got you blocked? It's like, oh, man, damn, he's got me blocked right now.
1: You know, my, my, my favorite is, uh, is Terrell Owens back at, from back in the day. O-T-O. Got me blocked, and uh, you know, I saw him at uh, an SP's after party a few years ago. What a day, hey, Tio! How you doing? <laughs> he didn't want to chat too long, then either. So that's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, a lot of chatter going on these days because the Dallas Mavericks, Tim, off to their third best start in franchise history at six and one, back to back wins over the Orlando Magic last night and the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday. Uh, for you, what has impressed you most so far about the Mavericks and their 6-1 and one start here?
1: Yeah, I, I think the two things that really stand out are just how well Grant Williams has, has fit, both from a, uh, obviously, what you see on the floor. I also think that he has filled a lot of the void that was created with Jalen Brunson's departure in terms of being a locker room guy, a, a connector, uh, that sort of a thing. And then, look, Derek Liver II was thought to be a project. And even after Summer League, the idea was, well, you know, boy, the kid's got a lot of talent, a lot of ability. It's going to take some time. And he still has a lot of developing to do. But in a few of these wins, he was a major factor. You know, there's going to be nights like last night where he gets in foul trouble, uh, that, that sort of thing. We've seen a couple of those. But for this guy to have a few double-doubles, to be, you know, the most impressive rookie on the floor, in Victor Wimanyama's debut, not that he's a you know better player or, or more ready to contribute, but that night he was a bigger force. Um, and I, I think he's the, the guy who Mavericks fans should probably be most excited about because he is the exact kind of big man that Luca has been longing to play for. And the, the concern was, well, he might not be ready in time for it to solve the obvious concerns there. Um, He's he's making an impact as a rookie, and and, and I think that's something that uh, could have major long term ramifications as well.
2: Now, now, Tim, the level of impact that he can ultimately make as a rookie, I think, is the question when you talk about his defensive effort. And Luca, also, you see him giving effort defensively. A question that we are asking ourselves um, is: Can this defense be average? Because that feels like it's what's going to be necessary for them to compete. What do you believe? How can this defense ultimately be average by the end of the season?
1: You know, honestly, I think that is pretty optimistic. Um, they're ranked nineteenth now. And look, let's just be honest, they've played a soft schedule. I think we all understand that. Um I I, I think Average is optimistic for this group. Uh with Lively as as talented as he is. Uh, you know but as a teenage rookie anchoring a defense, uh, when you have you know, two uh, uh, elite scorers who you know they've got defensive liabilities, and and Luca, his effort is definitely better. But like you know, you understand that he's a guy that teams are going to go after. Kyrie's a guy that teams are going to go after. Um, I, again, I I I think average defensively would be overachieving. Um, now, offensively, if their two main guys stay healthy, they should be elite on that end. So, what is elite offense and if you're being optimistic, average defense equal, you know, that, that's kind of the formula the Mavericks are hoping to find out.
0: Tim, when you look at this team so far and you look at the starting lineups that they've rolled out here, one of the biggest surprises we saw coming in for the first several games this year, Derek Jones Jr., what he has brought here, what have you made of what they've been able to get from him so far this season? And is this sustainable, given what we know about him throughout the course of his career at this point?
1: You know, when they signed him this summer, and he was a pretty late minimum signing in the summer, but I had some scouts around the league reach out and be like, hey, that's a really good addition for the Mavericks. Like, that's a really nice value there. Um, You know, honestly, I I would start Josh Green. I think Josh Green should be starting. Uh, Certainly, when you look at, uh, you know, the, the net rating on off numbers, all that kind of stuff, Josh Green has been phenomenal for them so far this season in terms of uh, you know, making an impact on games. Um, but but uh, Jones has been a, a really solid addition. Um, you know, the game in Memphis had probably the best shooting night of his career. And what he gives him is just a guy who, you know, he's obviously a guy who plays hard and is definitely a major boost of athleticism. And there's no question this is a much more athletic team than what we saw last season.
2: We're talking to Tim McMahon of ESPN right here on the Get Right with Regin k G on one oh five three the fan and um Tim, when it comes to this basketball team, oh my goodness, I forgot where I was going. I got distracted by the t v and I forgot exactly where I was going oh, i got the, no. I was like, let's reset, and now he's just lost. I jumped hey, what, in the air what, what, like uh like Josh Green and just did not know where to go. <laughs> yeah,
1: oh, wow, take a shot to josh green despite despite his on off yeah, the, re- the- the reset was real smooth. I'll give you that thank All you right. I appreciate <laughs> it Good radio. So with that being said,
0: then with this defense so far and now offensively, what we've seen Kyrie Irving, while the numbers haven't been eye-popping, it has been good for the Mavericks so far. Has he started to evolve a little bit given what his role needs to be as the number two guy, or is this more so just maybe a little bit of a slow start offensively for him?
1: You know, listen, like the idea that, uh, Kyrie's intentionally taking a step back, so he's shooting 43%. No, you know, he understands it's Luka's team, but I think if you, if you want to look at it, this in a positive light, Kyrie's not really played well for the most part this season in their six and they're 6-1. and He's missed a couple games. He hasn't – there's going to be games where Kyrie Irving's able to take over. We saw that a little bit last night in the second half. He's off to a slow start in their 6-1. So I think that's the encouraging thing there. Um, And he seems to have not just an understanding, but an acceptance of kind of, hey, it's Luca's team. Got to figure out how to play off of him. There's going to be roughly 12 minutes a night where it's Kyrie's show to run while Luca rests. Um, So far, so good as far as that sort of a thing. Certainly their clutch numbers, which were a major problem after the trade last year, Uh, you know, they're, they're best in league at this point. That's encouraging. Um, but again, they're I believe ranked fourth in the league in offense right now, and Kyrie has not been very good. You know, j- just as simple like he has not shot the ball well, um, which he's got a long track record of. If he's healthy, he's going to put you know he's he's going to put the ball in the hole at a high level.
2: All right, full disclosure we've got we've got fans on the on our text line that are really angling to find out who that who that blocked person <laughs> is. Uh, we'll leave that where it is for right now. But where I, where I did want to go is Luka Doncic. We saw some grimacing from him in the Hornets game, and obviously we know that, that that thigh injury has nagged him for a while. And how how concerned should we be? Is this something that's going to again be a issue or could even become a bigger issue, or is this just kind of continued management from Luka and he's going to soldier through and we shouldn't give too much thought to it?
1: Listen, if you're going to lose hair every time that uh, that Luca grimaces, you ain't going to have much left. <laughs> I mean, you'll, you'll, you'll be bald real quick. And, I mean, he, he obviously the, creates a lot of contact, takes a lot of contact, all that. Um, I, if the thigh was really a, a significant issue, I have to imagine he would have sat out last night. Um, Jay Kidd has is, is pretty much downplayed that. Um, <laughs> And, and he's averaging 30-whatever points per game plus all the other numbers that he's put up. Um, you know, like I said, Luca grimaces a lot. Um, if he's in the lineup, then I, I wouldn't worry too much.
0: Tim, when you look at this team now going forward for the next you know, couple of weeks here, Jason Kidd and what he has done to the first seven games, is this more so are we seeing something's different? We're seeing they're playing with a little bit more pace, getting up and down the floor a little bit, What has Jason Kidd done in your mind to make some of these adjustments to where they've gotten off to this kind of start? You
1: know, it's funny because every year during training camp, preseason, 30 teams in the NBA talk about playing faster, right? It's like everyone says it, and it rarely actually happens. The Mavericks have done that. And I think the biggest reason is because he's gotten Luka to buy into it, right? Because it's hard to play fast if your superstar is walking the ball up the floor, and look, a lot of times Luke would walk the ball up the floor, milk the shot clock, and, and you know, create magic. Um, but he is bought into playing fast. And, you know, like you saw it, uh, you you seen him with a lot of the, the hit-ahead passes. And then, like, last night in crunch time, you see where Kyrie gets the ball, boom, he's pushing it. Luke is flying up the left, well, flying as fast as he goes. But, he's you know, he's motoring up the left, or the right wing, rather. Boom, catch and shoot three. So... I I do think one of the bigger differences has been that they are playing, you know, they actually are playing faster. And I'll be honest with you. I I didn't necessarily think that was going to be something that there was follow through on, Uh, but there has been to this point.
2: Now, Tim, yeah, sorry about that. Uh, With this, I mean, Jason Kidd likes using a lot of his roster and this changes over the course of a season, but we've kind of settled on a certain kind of nine guys. It seems like in this rotation that are constant. Does this feel like something where this is a fairly established rotation, or are we, or should we expect to see a lot more upheaval? Seeing the likes of Seth Curry maybe get more opportunities.
1: Well, there, there, there's also going to be guys in and out throughout the course of the season. There's going to be guys who get you know bumped or bruised, or you know Maxi Cleve is questionable after missing whatever it's been two or three games with that toe injury if he's healthy he's a rotation player um you know it, it seems that Jaden Hardy really has a chance to kind of claim that fourth guard spot that that we've seen Don Texan get some minutes we've seen um you know Seth Curry get some minutes it seems like Hardy has a chance to seize that uh and is doing well with it but uh, I, I I don't think that you know when you talk about like Seventh, eighth, ninth guy in the rotation. I don't think anything is set in stone there. Um, again, I think guys have chances to uh, to earn consistent roles, but I, I don't think anybody's guaranteed anything in those spots.
2: And, and along those lines, you see Tim Hardaway Jr. doing his best six-man of the year impression. Um, I know that there's a lot of people that look at him, obviously, as a valuable piece on this team, but there's also the idea of a valuable trade piece should this team want to move. Does it feel like there's any level of movement on his value or is it just like Tim Hardaway is a known commodity?
1: Uh, you know what? I think the the longer you get into that contract, which is a, a four-year deal, he's a little over halfway through it, and, and it's a descending salary each season, then naturally I think that the value goes up just because of that, the fact that he is playing well, he, he's, a, he's a volume three-point shooter. The guy's getting up over nine threes per game coming off the bench. Um, you know, I could see there being some interest there, but, like, if we're being realistic, they've tried to trade him both of the last two seasons. You know, the first year the deal he's hurt. Last year they just they weren't able to find any kind of a value. Um, but, you know, he, he's not complaining about coming off the bench. He's He's playing well in that role. Like I said, I think he's figured out, hey, if I'm in there, you know, I got a green light to let it fly and he's kind of thriving in that, but I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I'd be shocked if if something materialized and Hardaway would be somewhere else by the deadline.
0: Now, Tim, last one for me, obviously you don't keep your eye just on the Mavericks, but you got your eye on the pulse of the rest of the league as well. What has been something that has caught your eye most of the first few weeks of the season that maybe we're not necessarily talking about that we should be possibly?
1: Well, I'll tell you what, the uh the, the Timberwolves, the fact that they are the only team to beat the Boston Celtics and they are the only team to beat the Denver Nuggets. I think you gotta kinda look up there and say, hmm, well, you know, what do they have cooking? And it's interesting because uh sort of like the Mavericks in that their number two guy, you know, a guy who's got all NBA history, really hadn't shot the ball well yet. Carl Hanson Downs, like last night he stunk. He had uh he had twice as many turnovers as he did buckets and as many fouls as he did turnovers. And they were still able to beat the Celtics in overtime. But, you know, you you talk about a team that's number one in the league defensively, you know, Gobert is determined to prove that he's still the best defense player in the league uh, bouncing back off of last season. Jaden McDaniels is an absolute stud defensively. Anthony Edwards is a stud defensively and man Edwards you know, we had our uh, some of my nerdy colleagues had their little top 25 under 25 rankings that came out today. Number one, I think you can figure that out. Where's 77 and, and resides in Dallas? Mm-hmm. They had Anthony Edwards is the number two guy in that list over Vic. That's debatable, but you know, this is a dude that uh, seems to be taking a, a, a significant leap this year into the all NBA conversation that that's the kind of territory he's going to be residing in.
0: Looks like a, a guy playing with a lot of confidence. Haven't been on team USA and looks like he's carrying that over so far into uh, the season. Uh, real quick. How absurd was that shot that Luca hit against Brooklyn the <laughs> other day?
1: You know what though? You're not surprised. I mean, Dorian Finney Smith. It's a hilarious thing. I talked to Dodo afterwards and he said, bleep right in my face. And then I had to go out <laughs> to dinner with Luca you know, they had Nick and Sam's at first. He's like, I ain't talking about basketball. But he's like, dude, basically, he thought it was going in when Luke let it go because he sees him hit, they call them BS shots, right? Like, you see Luke all the time. Every time after a shoot around or a practice, he's throwing up these goofy, crazy shots. And, like, as ridiculous as it was, like the three-quarter looking like a right-hander coming out of the bullpen type of shot, it's probably not the most difficult shot that he's hit in his career. There's a list of them. So, Unbelievable. And also kind of predictable.
0: <laughs> Tim, tell the folks so they can find you. What you got going on this day before we let you go.
1: Yeah, you know, the 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 hoop collective is kind of uh the place you can listen to me yammer on a regular basis. We do have I was on low post today, a little bit of man's talk there uh at the end, and then obviously my work's on ESPN.com.
0: Tim, as always, I appreciate you answering the phone for me one more time, That's man. Right. I appreciate you doing that before the end of twenty twenty three, man. We'll talk to you soon, all right.
1: Hey, listen! I had to do it because I play pickup ball, and Reg is out there. And when he gets mad, people get broken noses. So I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I had to do it. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I, I don't think I don't think
2: my hand will get up that high, Tim. I don't think I think your nose is safe. <laughs> to be completely honest.
1: Sounds good, fellas. Y'all take care.
0: Yes, sir. Appreciate. it. There he goes, Tim McManus. Been good enough to join us here on the gear. Right. I almost forgotten about that. Make sure we get that in the old pickup thing that you got going on. Uh, with Tim these days.
2: I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I wasn't certain if Tim knew that it was me.
0: You know what I mean? I was like, I, maybe I could lay in the cut. But oh, no, wow. No, nope. he, he knew. No, exactly. Knew. Exactly. Coming up next here on the Get Right, let's try to make sense of what's going on with this Cowboys wide receiver core. Oh, before we go to break, though. Oh. There is someone
2: on the, the 469 on the truckwreck.com text line Uh-oh. who says, There is a certain morning show host who is the only fan host that isn't following Tim and vice versa. Y'all doing a lot. Doing a little journalistic uh, work on the text line. We appreciate
0: y'all. Y'all doing too much. (laughs) Next on the Kit, right? What to make of the Cowboys wide receiver core with the signing of Martavius Bryant. It's the get right with Reggie KG right here on your home of the Cowboys, the Texas Rangers 105, three. The Fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. Hello. Ross Lubinsky, holding it down for here. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. Really appreciate Tim McMahon of ESPN for joining us last segment via the Boomer Jacks Bar and Grill Hotline. If you missed that conversation, you can hit the rewind button on the Odyssey app to check that out there talking a little Mavericks basketball as the NBA is off tonight before the Mavericks get back on the floor tomorrow when they welcome in the Toronto Raptors Scotty Barnes and Dennis Schroeder versus Maxi Kleber
2: I see what you're doing there mhm
0: mhm 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 mm-hmm. maybe a little trash talk uh you know I mean if they do we I'm not understanding it so by the way quick update okay uh from Tim McMahon yes he says that he checked. He said your colleague unblocked me at some point. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> so whomever so, it is, unban McMahon, Unbanned McMahon, Welcome. unblocked McMahon at that point.
2: See, so. look, we just we bridging. We're bridging. Uh, I don't know what the word is.
0: Friendships is potential friendships. Uh, maybe. I might be stretching it. Well, I mean, look. Nah, start nah. with start with the unblock first. Yeah, and there we go. Which and, we did. And no, work we, our way now up we from just there. gotta we just gotta bring them
2: together. It's <laughs> just like people. Whomever. Come, just like people come together at a Jared Sandler Sandlot Charity, hey, I swinging like you there. A cause. That's good stuff. That's right uh, there. that's coming back this year. December third is the date, and actually, it's going to happen at Globe Life Field, so it's it not is. just the Top Golf. This is going to be a Globe Life Field. There's going to be you know all sorts of stuff that's happening on field games. There's opportunity to mix and mingle with you know celebrities. Obviously, Rangers that'll be out there. Um, I think that there's going to be let's see, wiffle ball, a home run derby, PK shootout, uh, football throw, pop a shot, all sorts of you know, games like that um, at the Swinging for a Cause event that Jared Sandler's charity puts on, the Sandlot charity. Um, so, yeah, keep your ear out because that's going to be coming up. And I know that. Just like always, there's going to be, like, uh, experiences to, that are going to be bid off uh, associated to all the shows on the station. So mm-hmm. that's coming up. Keep an ear out for the swinging Four Cause event December 3rd.
0: It's amazing how I feel like that event has
2: snuck up on us because of, you know. Rangers took us all the way. <laughs> they took us all the way literally to the championship. That's right. It used to be get us to football and then whatever happens, happens. They they were like,
0: nah, we're taking this all the way to November. <laughs> screw October. <laughs> that's right. Um, What to make, though, of the Cowboys wide receiver core. If you missed the news, the Cowboys did make a signing today as they did sign former Steeler wide receiver Martavis Bryant uh, to the practice squad today. So uh, Martavis Bryant, who last played in the NFL for the Raiders back in 2018, has 17 touchdowns. And a little over twenty one hundred receiving yards in forty-four career games. Interestingly enough, Sham Sharania was the one um that broke the news of, That's right. of the actual signing of the newly reinstated wide receiver uh to a contract there. So Martavis Bryant will be a part of the Cowboys uh wide receiver room on the practice squad.
2: Yeah, which is interesting because look. I don't want to step on your toes here but and no, speak for you however Man. it's been very apparent that you've had a lot of issues with the ways that the Cowboys have gone about their wide receivers and their pursuit of talent over the last few years um
0: yeah that would be a, a fair characterization yes and so in
2: this instance uh, Martavis Bryant who obviously you mentioned he's he hasn't played since 2018 cuz he was been suspended mm-hmm. um due, you know in the in the drug policy for the NFL and finally he was you know that that suspension was lifted And now, you know, he's going and working out with teams, but he is 31 years of age. And if I remember correctly, when he was playing, he was more of a speedster. And so you look up and you go, what exactly are you trying to achieve with this? Um, And I'm not sure that there's very much to achieve outside of just we're taking a flyer on a dude who used to be good at football and was not able to play. And now maybe he can play. Like, let's see what we get. You throw him on the practice squad. That's a slot that you're not too concerned about. And maybe if he turns into something, that's cool. But that didn't make me start thinking about the wide receiving core that you do have and how you're utilizing it and what you're getting out of it. Because there's questions to be asked about this Cowboys team, even as they lean towards more throwing the football, what they're doing with their wide receivers and their receiving core in general.
0: Yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Bryant 31, he turns 32 next month. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So he's going to be having a birthday here coming soon. He played in the XFL last last season. With the uh, the Vegas Vipers, has been in the CFL Indoor Football League, so on, so on and so forth. Ah, um, the old Josh Gordon route. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I, I'm, I'm trying not to read more into this signing than what it is. Yeah. Um, because you've got Ceedee Lamb, you've got Brandon Cooks, you've got Michael Gallup. You saw Jalen Tolbert had a, his first NFL touchdown. You know, this past weekend against the Philadelphia Eagles. And targets in big moments
2: as well. Exactly. Yeah. So
0: I feel like there's enough in this room, you know, given utilization that needs to happen, especially more with Brandon Cooks. Uh, no, 214. <laughs> he cannot play right tackle. Uh, Martavis Bryant, he cannot. Um, but at the same time, it does make you think what could be his future, whether long-term term or short-term. And whether or not he has any kind of lasting power around here. So again, I'm trying not to make more of what it is, especially thinking about Michael Gallup's contract at the end of this upcoming season, or you do have an out for him. I
2: mean, is is do you in your mind, is there any way that he returns as a cowboy next season?
0: I do see a scenario where he does. Okay. Play that out for me if you don't mind. But I also see one where he doesn't. The way that he comes back is one of his best skill sets that he has is that he can catch the ball in contested areas. in and, theory. And we saw some of that in the game. He had the big drop. Yes. Against Philadelphia, but he also made some crucial grabs in that sure. game as well. And that's something that he's been known for. And I would tend to think, especially with the money that they've invested in him, that you give it, I don't know, another year to see if he can get back to the player that he was, because this year is supposed to be the year that he kind of gets back to the Michael Gallup form coming off of the torn ACL. You know, last year struggled a little bit. Sure, and that necessarily hasn't happened as of yet. So this is what I was thinking. Uh,
2: let's let's stick with the contested catch portion of the Gallup situation. Mm-hmm. We've seen over the last year and some that outs like it's not the contested catch. Obviously, you think maybe going up and getting in. And You saw maybe one or two of those plays in this game, but you also saw the other side of that where there were drops, especially like on slants where you expect him to be able to body up that cornerback that is on the outside of him and use his body between himself and the, and the quarterback and then get, or between the cornerback and the quarterback, get the ball Mm -hmm. and be able to get pick up yards like that, especially in a West coast type system. You're not seeing that consistently. And if you're not getting that consistently, then he as an option being a contested catch receiver is not all that appealing because the idea of being a contested catch receiver is that more often than not, when we go there, It'll be successful. I don't think you could say that with Michael Gallup right now. And the second part of this is something that I think is also a Brandon Cook situation. I think that this is where we have to ask a step to Mike McCarthy as the offensive play caller and say, what are you utilizing these guys talents for? Because Gallup, at least before his injury, was seen as a burner that could get it over the top. Brandon Cook's another guy who has a lot of speed that in theory could help stretch defense. When they are running vertical routes, at least I'm I'm rewatching the all 22 earlier today, mm-hmm. right? Those run, vertical routes are decoys. They're getting, you know, they're getting uh, defenders out of the way. Clearing out space, yeah. And that's that does not feel like what you invested in those two players for. And so with the wide receiving core, yes, CeeDee Lamb is going to get his because he's an incredible wide receiver. One and two, he absolutely works when you get him in space, get him the ball and let him cook on the ground. You have the likes of a tight end like um, Jake Ferguson, and hopefully as you incorporate more and as they get better.
0: Starting to see Blumager his emergence, and Anderson,
2: yeah. Those guys um, attacking the seam in the middle of the field. That makes sense for a tight end. For those guys on the outside, like, if you're not going to get them the ball, what are we doing here? And that's that's been a question for a lot of folks. It's like, hey, look, Brandon Cooks is open. It doesn't look like those are really options, especially when you watch Dak Prescott's head. And as, as uh, you're talking about with the West Coast offense, where you're going to have a lot more of, you know, reads going through um, your sequences there. And you can see him looking one, two, three. And a lot of times it's, you know, one, you know, is looking off of that, that deep route or something like that, where you're not getting an opportunity to really attack those. And that makes me wonder, like, are you getting the most out of these guys with the system that you've decided to run?
0: Yeah, because I thought coming into the season that you had your kind of perfect set of, you know, know, trio of receivers. You have C.D. Lamb is your all-purpose receiver, can do everything. Brandon cooks is a you know technician as a route runner can make a lot of things happen with his route running. And then Michael Gallup being the contested catch guy to be able to be a possession receiver that can help move the chains when you need to. And then your fourth wide receiver with Jalen Tolbert, as he continues to come along, that just simply has to come to fruition in that way. And I don't know if that's a function of scheme, if that's a function of Michael Gallup, not being the kind of player that we thought he was, especially from his first couple of years before tearing the ACL or if there needs to be some of those targets going to Jalen Tolbert more mm-hmm. and a little bit more toward Cavante Turpin, who had a touchdown catch himself in the game against Philadelphia and how you incorporate what he does from not just catching the football, but some of the things from an end around and running the football as well to create some more dynamic plays within this offense. I don't know necessarily what I'm getting at is I don't know where the fit is for Michael Gallup, given some of the skill sets that these other receivers present and maybe some of those opportunities needing to go to him, coupled with the fact that. That you're paying him the kind of money that you are, and the, util- the utilization not being there where it needs to be. And you went, you were looking this up. Where, where
2: is uh, Brandon Cooks' contractual obligation with this team?
0: So let me go back to that because he's got an interesting situation uh, for Gal. I want to make sure I have that clear for everyone who may be wondering. Now Gal has a potential out at the end of the twenty, at the end of this upcoming season, where four million of his 2024 salary. Fully guarantees on the fifth league day of 2024. So if the Cowboys wanted to move on from him, they potentially could uh, before the fifth day of the league year in 2024. And I guess in
2: theory Brandon Cooks, you have a potential out after this season as well. But after that, he he makes what? 2,000 or sorry, 2,000, 2 million um, next year. And although it's a $10 million cap hit with his restructure, Um, And then he also has some options on the back end of that. Um, But I say all that to say, like, uh, not to start moving ahead, but you you look at the way that they're they're running this offense right now. And I guess the assumption that I'm making there is that Mike McCarthy continues as your head coach and your play caller. But what you're doing right now does not seem to be utilizing two of your three-headed wide-receiving monster in their best circumstances, which, which brings up questions to me, especially as you are leaning towards Throwing the football more, right? If you were going to throw the football more, if you're going to lean into that, there needs to be an optimization of your talent. And right now, the only talent that feels like it's being optimized, CeeDee Lamb, your tight end, particularly Jake Ferguson. Mm -hmm. And then I guess you could talk about the likes of maybe Kevontae Turpin and um, Jalen Tober. But two of those guys, the two guys on the outside, do not feel like they're being utilized to their best potential. One of those is maybe because Michael Gallup isn't playing to his highest. And the other one, it feels like Brandon Cooks is out there on an island, it feels like.
0: Last thing I'll say real quick on it, and maybe that's some of the function in terms of creativity from the offense in terms of scheme, but for me, more importantly, it may have to do with how your offensive line and their inability to protect right now Mm -hmm. to where you're finding Dak Prescott able to have the kind of time to make the reads to find other guys that may be open in crucial situations like we saw on the Schoonmaker play where on the other side, Brandon Cooks is wide open but not having the time because – of the free rusher coming and Tony power, not picking up, you know, the blitzing responsibility there. So I think there's a confluence of circumstances that are not allowing you to see the full actualization of these three wide receivers in this offense. And Michael Gallup being the one who's not being able to, um, you know, be the beneficiary of any of that. So we'll see if that comes and starts to change a little bit over the next few weeks, because they got to get cooks and Gallup uh, more involved. Tolbert as well. Within this offense, it's to get right Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan, coming up next year on our fine program:
2: That's a great question. You started setting me up. I had no idea. But <laughs> in honor of uh, Corey Seeger at the parade talking his talk, what's the best sports trash talk that you've ever heard? We'll talk about it next on 105 through the fan. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago,
0: Illinois. What's the best sports trash talk you've ever heard? It's get right. Well, kind of. I, w- I wanted to keep it to, like, you know, uh, that, uh, that was done by,
2: by, you know, the participants. Because I don't want it to get to, like, what you heard at the barbershop. That somebody went in, although those are usually good. I'm about to say, some of those might be kind of epic. But we're trying to we trying to share this to <laughs> everybody. That is true. Uh,
0: it's the Get Right with Reggie KG right here on 105 through the fan. Kevin Gray, Reginald Atatula. That's right. Ross Labinski holding it down for you. Really appreciate you joining us on Odyssey and the Odyssey app. The truck, text line, 877-881-1053. Coming up at the top of the hour, the NFL's contenders or pretenders at the halfway point of the season, courtesy of Adam Shine. We'll do that. At the top of the hour at nine o'clock. But in honor of the World Series champion, Texas Rangers 105 through the fan. Actually, uh, on 105 through the fan.
2: Yeah, r- r- you're close. Uh, Ross, you, 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 can you help me out here? Because uh, during the parade, you remember the one where, uh, what, what were they celebrating again? Uh, winning the World Series. That's right, that's right. Um, you know, Corey Seeger had a little bit of something on his chest because at the end of the <laughs> season, when, unfortunately, the, the Rangers could not get it done finishing out their season to win the AL West. They did manage to get into the playoffs, obviously. Um, but they really wanted to get that. And there was some talk about, you know, maybe Houston would not end up winning that in their locker room, or in their clubhouse, rather, after they finished uh, clinching the AL West title. Not the uh, World Series championship, mind you, because, of course, that went to the Rangers. That's right. Um, they, uh, who was it? Was Alex Alex Bregman that was out yeah. here? like They were talking about... Uh, what They wanted to see if the Houston Astros would not win the AL West. Well, guess we'll never know. Something like that. Um, Corey Seager decided to respond to that during the World Series Championship Parade.
1: Two-time World Series MVP, number five, Corey Seager. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, really, this was truly special, you know, we, we appreciate all your support, but I just got one thing to say, you know, everybody was wondering what would happen if the Rangers didn't win the world series. I guess we'll never know.
0: Guess we'll never know. Uh, I mean, I guess we'll never know. Okay. Two things here. Okay. Uh, number one, I appreciate the fact that Seeger, you know, tried to channel his inner heel turn, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. for a second there. Yeah. Cause he's definitely a baby face. Very. Look at you. Well, you think I don't know stuff just because I think you out here? Never mind. (laughs) Uh, But number two, the recognition in the moment of his teammates as he's, like, starting to utter the words. That's right. They're realizing, oh, Corey's really about to go here. And he took it there. And you pointed this out to me. Adolis Garcia off to his left. Yes. Realizing what's happening. And he just goes nuts and berserk. Austin Hedges Arms behind in the him. air. Yes. Austin Hedges
2: might be the most animated dude on the team. You could see it all over his face. You could see the the, He's like, oh!
1: the
0: acknowledgement washed over yes, his face. Yes, so. exactly. Number three, real quick. Uh oh. Look, I get what Corey was doing here. Okay. The line and the way that he delivered it. My man, you gotta work on timing here. <laughs> <laughs> he needs the delivery. The delivery. like We need to get him some open mics. Is yeah, that what you're yeah, talking about? a, a okay. little, little bit of practice. You can very tell good. he's he's very, uh, very green when it comes to the trash talking. Uh, but at the same time. Epic moment for him. Jared Sandler loved it because Jared was going to lost his mind. There's video evidence of Jared mind. losing
2: his mind. Yes.
0: <laughs> he was like, it's the content that
2: matters. Delivery right. is not what I was worried about. Anyways, on the truckwreck.com text line, 877-881-1053, in honor of that Corey Seager moment, we wanted to re- relive some of our favorite sports trash talk moments. Um, and, of course, from the 903, they say it's one only one answer. You remember that one time that Drew Pearson announced at the draft that the Cowboys selected? <laughs> Cheeto Bellouzier. I'ma find that in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh boy, it's in the system in there somewhere. Because you be, you better believe for the next for the next five months that got played consistently on it these did. airwaves. Yes, it did. Um, let's see. How about this um, from the six eight two? We like boxing around these parts. Um, Antonio Tarver uh, when he when he was uh, rematching with Roy Jones Jr. said, "Quote, got any excuses tonight, Roy?" Woo!
0: That's tough. Yeah. Yeah, proceeded to beat Roy Jones. Yeah, man. Um, there's one that's one of my personal favorites that's mm-hmm. on here. We love bowling. Do we? Well, at least I do. Oh, okay. You be watching bowling? Uh, When I'm, like, ready to go to sleep. Oh, wow. Wow. Sorry. Uh, Pete Weber, remember that one time he hit a strike? You have to find that audio, too. Uh, who do you think you are? I am. To no one in particular. Nobody. I don't know who. I don't know who. He just decided to put
2: that out <laughs> in the ether. I, I need y'all to know I am him. He, he, yes. Not he, uh, but him.
0: <laughs> That's right.
2: Um, let's, let's take this to one of the wildest ones. You remember that one time that Mike Tyson was fighting Lennox Lewis and he told Lennox Lewis that he would eat his children? <laughs> you
0: remember that? Oh Ross, I forget that you're young. You have not. You, he has no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, oh, Mike, look at your face. Oh, that's sad. You have no idea what he's talking about. Not in the slightest. The second those words came oh, out, I was like, Wait geez. a minute. Wait a minute. Did I just hear that right? That's
2: right. I bet. I bet that's what Lennox Lewis was thinking. Like, hey, dog, it's not that deep. Mike I mean, Tyson
0: also said that to some, uh, to someone else. I forget who he said. Where he said, "I'm gonna eat your heart. I eat your, g-. something like that." That's right. Your unborn kids. Like it was just ridiculous. Wild stuff. Yeah, it was ridiculous. But
2: you know what? When you got that kind of a uh, that kind of power, that kind of knockout potential, when you say stuff like that, I and also we we've we've seen him go a little cannibal before, you know, <laughs> like that uh that changes that changes the way that, that uh that 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 talk lands. It yeah. really does. You believe
0: that? Yeah, Mike 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 was on on a lot of a lot of different stuff. <laughs> let's just let's just say that. From the 314
2: favorite sports trash talk moment when uh Khabib Nurmagomedov uh told uh Conor McGregor oh he had him pinned and he was saying let's talk now while well, punching him in the face. That
0: is tough. That's tough. You got something to say now? Ooh. That is tough. Cuz when Conor talked all that cash and Khabib that entire week look, hardly, look he knew exactly what time it was. And he whooped his ass. He was like, this is not the time to talk. (laughs)
2: The time to talk will come.
0: By the way, Lou Savarese back in 2000 post-fight where Mike Tyson said, I want to eat his children. Yeah, that's what he said that one time. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find the one that was on the text line that I really liked as well. Uh, Where did it go? You remember that one time that Shaquille O'Neal was rapping at
2: a club? That's it. And he told Kobe, he he said, tell me how my ass tastes. That is wild because that was
0: also a teammate.
2: Like, he was trash talking his teammate.
0: I had forgotten about that one. Um, but yes, Shaq was wilding. Shaq, that is so disrespectful. Like, it's. Uh, I was thinking about this. This is the one I was finding from the 972. Uh, when Shaq said that one time, I'm not worried about the Sacramento Queens. You yeah, know that? that? Was, that's wild. That, that's a classic line there from Shaq. That's- yeah, I had forgotten about the whole, yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with Shaq? <laughs> There's a lot of things that's
2: wrong with him. <laughs> one of those Shaq? being Shaq. Shaq is the dude who has to like he can't just let nothing go. He has to like take it to another level. Uh huh. So if if you get him, you're going to you're going to get got back. And if it gets personal, he will take it too far. Uh, Hundred percent.
0: For the last seven two, remember that one time Richard Sherman was out here talking all the cash to Michael Crabtree, and then after the game, you know his post game interview with Aaron Trab Andrews. Crabtree. <laughs> Oh man, what's
2: Lou? Aaron Andrews was just like, "What did don't I?" Don't you ever talk into?
0: about me? She was like, "Why? Why? What?" And she was so confused. He was like, she, she, "Her holding the microphone." She was just like,
2: yeah, "She was like, I didn't say anything I didn't about know. you." <laughs> well, I don't understand. She was so confused. She was so confused. Ice up, son. Steve Smith, senior. That's a good one. Oh man,
0: Steve. That's it. One, one of the
2: things that's great about the trash talk is when you know he could back it up. Cause, oh boy, you do not want to go back at Steve Smith, senior. And that will go badly
0: yeah that'll go badly uh by the way if you wanted to hear that one time that Drew Pearson you know was trolling you know Eagles fans here you go
2: Put in, he put it in he put the next gear right there.
1: Jerry Jones. T Jones and the Jones family. Coach Jason Gary. All the cowboy players that played before me. That played with me. And played after me. I
2: love I, the thing that I love about that the most is that he started in like second gear. And he was like, oh no, this ain't enough.
0: Uh-huh. Let me go ahead and take this up a notch. He knew what time it was. He knew what time it was. It's an old school one that you that you would appreciate. It's the NBA one. Remember that one time when Larry Bird. This before, is the one. Before the three-point contest That's in 86. He went in there and said, I'm just looking around to see who's going to finish second. That's so cold. <laughs> and this is the thing is Larry Bird was that guy.
2: What guy? That, <laughs> that guy. guy. <laughs> like, I don't know that people appreciate just how much cold cash you know what. Larry Bird talked. And then backed it up. <laughs> <He did. laughs>
0: and climbed the cats in the 86 like, three-point contest. Every
2: story about Larry Bird is like, dang, really? From Salt Lake, Indiana? I was doing that? <laughs> Wild boy.
0: Uh, from the 713, what about Larry Bird asking Craig Elo if his mama was watching him get his ass whipped? Wait, What? He got out to Craig Elo like that? That's incredible. Also like. That's wild disrespect. Craig Elo does not feel like he's
2: up that level that you need to be talking crazy like into the, <laughs> th- like that's him.
0: Like That's just uh, that's just you doing too much now picking at him at that point.
2: Yeah, see, this is the thing. This is why Michael Jordan will not come up in any of these because he was talking crazy and doing crazy things to people that didn't even deserve it.
0: And <laughs> half the time he made it up anyway. That's right. You know.
2: <laughs> From the 817, I can tell you're listening. You're a good solo. Larry Bird was definitely him and not he. <laughs> that's
0: right. Uh, Y'all keep those flowing in on the tri-rate.com text line, 877-81-1053. Some of the best trash talk uh, that you may have remembered or ever heard. uh, Because some of these are just absolutely hilarious. Uh, Coming up next, though, here on the Get Right, NFL midseason pretenders or contenders. I'm glad you had it ready because you started looking at me and I did not have it for you. (laughs) we do that next on the Get Right. Yes, that is right. I did it! That's five. Are you kidding me? That's right!
2: Who do you think you are? I am! We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? over here! Only at T-Mobile. Get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.